This is X5D4, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. It's against my programming to appreciate douchebags. Oh my goodness. This is Sunday, February 24th, 2008. I'm GM Dave, and this is the episode 7 of the Order 66 podcast. Yes, it is, and I am GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? I hope everything finds you guys well. I'm here, ready to do an awesome podcast with Dave. How you doing, bro? I'm doing okay. And yourself? Ah, not too shabby, not too shabby. I just actually got done GMing a game about two and a half hours ago, and I'm still on a high. It was a freaking awesome game. I heard you brought a few newbies over to the world of RPG tonight. Yes, we had a couple noobs and one who had never rolled a D20 in their life, and they are sufficiently hooked. Um, and I got to stress, um, this is just, again, this system is so easy to play, it is easy to learn. Um, this individual, I mean, picked it up like that. And was excited. I actually let them borrow my book <laughs> I had to take home and read. They were so excited. Now this was so, a D and D game, right? I'm sorry. This was a D and D game, right? No, this was Star Wars Saga. Oh, it was. Yes, yes, oh. yes. I was, I was, I was D and D on Saturday, but um, I did, I did Saga tonight. It was fantastic. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well, and we got a fantastic show today. That we um, do. I'm very excited. I know I, we we spent the last couple, past couple episodes covering a lot of really interesting stuff, a lot of a lot of you know listener concerns. And yesterday, uh, last week we had uh, last episode we had such a good amount of real good fluff talking with a couple of our really devoted listeners. And this week is going to be a very crunchy episode, if I'm not mistaken, Dave. Crunchy, indeed. Crunchy. We'll be talking Crunch. about the scoot, the scoot, the scoot. Uh, yes, the Scout is what we're going to be moving into as well. And uh, I think also our D20 docking bay is going to be devoted to a uh, particular topic that's been giving a lot of people headaches and we've had a lot of questions about on the forum, and that is destiny points. What are they? When do you use them? What do they do? Can you put them in a little box and keep them for later? Oh, it gives me tired head. Just Much thinking. tired head. Yeah. But first, sir, um, well, goodness, I'm looking through my mailbox, and um, I... I didn't get um I didn't get a postcard this week from Cody. Thank did, did you? God. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. We need well, to... I'm not. I hope he's okay. I hope he's dead. Uh, hater. Well see, that would be destroying canon now, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes it would. Yes it very much would. And a lot of our listeners aren't too much in agreement with that. If you uh, if you uh, read our forums and you all out there can read our forums by of course going to our website at uh, www.d20radio.com/forum, sign up, be a member of the Gamer Nation and post your mind, read others minds and and be of a like mind. It's a very very good thing. That's right. Or you could email us gmdave at d20radio.com. GM Chris at d20radio.com, or you can call us. 
Yes, you can. We have a wonderful phone number, which, uh, of course, this is a U.S. number. Uh, it is 206-600-5872. Again, that's 206-600-LUSA. L-U-S-A. That's right. And if you call us, which we only had, like, one call, but it was a good call. It said, uh, basically, Hey, you love the show! Woo! Hey, you know what? We like that kind of feedback, so you guys call Absolutely. us. <laughs> we'll put it on the show. And if you have any uh, any I Never Listen to the Order 66 podcast bits, uh, we'd love to have those as well. We've already had uh, several of our, our local gamers help us out with a couple of them, and uh, we'd like to get even more. That's so, right. right. And that, that's well, something that we hadn't really discussed, but, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit different. What are called bumpers in the world of broadcast, little uh, identify yourself and say, this is whatever show you're listening to. Well, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to do... You know, you identify whoever it is or your character that you want to play and say, I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. And then you can add whatever you want to on the end of it. And if we like it, we'll probably save it and play it. And it would be best if you'd not do this on the phone and send it to us in MP3 because we need it to be clean. But uh, aside from that, you know, we have a few we'll be playing throughout the show, but um, they're fun. Yes. Yeah, so if any of you have any amateur broadcasting talent yourselves, or you uh, just have a microphone and uh, a good voice, <laughs> or a not-so-good voice, yeah, record one and uh, send it out to us, and we'll get it on there. Absolutely. Now, speaking of, of communication with our, our Gamer Nation, I have gotten three PMs uh, in the past three days, um, well, a lot more, but there are three that I'm going to be covering right now, um, That uh, and I think we have a fairly new segment, Dave? That's right, we have Mail Call. Shut back down and shut your trap. It's time for mail call. Yes, it's time for mail call. And uh, in particular, um, you guys have been emailing us with a lot of personal questions, stuff that's not really covered in the rules. And we kind of have done our best to sort of research it. If we can't tease it out through the core rulebook and the supplements, we'll actually pick through some of the official forums and the FAQs and try and get some of Wizards of the Coast and the developers' official answers to certain questions. And we're going to go into that right now. Um, I had uh, one of our forum posters email me. And uh, he had a question. He has a Jedi Scout, and this kind of relates to uh, our Scout discussion that we're going to have later in the episode. But uh, he picked up the Evasion talent, which, of course, is one of the arguably the best talent a Scout has, um, or any talent for that matter, as well as the Deflect talent for his Jedi. And he had a question about area attacks. Um, if uh, if a uh, area attack is made against a character, obviously, um, you know, like a, a repeating blaster or whatnot. The evasion talent, of course, allows you to to you know, take half damage. Um, the deflect talent, when used against an area of attack, area attack, does the same thing. So his question was, well, how do they interact? Do they overlap? Do they stack? How does it work? Um, when I first encountered this in my home games, I was kind of like, no, no, they they don't stack. They just overlap. You know, one or the other. Um, but Wizards and the developers' rulings have actually been very much the opposite of that. So if you're looking for an official word, they actually stack. So where if you have, uh, you know, according to what the developers have said, if you have the deflect talent and the evasion talent with your character and you're subject to an area of attack um, and they, they both apply if you're able to successfully deflect and evade, um, they actually cancel out the remainder of the damage, meaning you would take zero damage from the attack, which is pretty freaking awesome, if what I about? don't say so myself. What about, um, what about, what about, what about the Bane of the Jedi with the grenades? Huh? Tell me that. Well, 
Yeah, well, that's a bit different, but that's grenades. Grenades are really freaking expensive, and a you know, especially you know, thermal detonators, and you know, a blaster, not so much. Because as raw still stands, you cannot use deflect against a grenade. Yeah. Um, although you could still use evasion. But hey, for auto fire, there's the answer to that question for you. There you go. What Moving we on, we've had a couple other questions I want to cover that we've managed to get some answers for. Kind what of else? just searching. Um, and this relates also to our uh, our discussion of droid characters. Um, basically, we mentioned the fact, and a couple of you wrote us some hate mail saying, you know, we mentioned the fact that one of the negatives to being a droid character is the fact that you can't take force sensitivity. You know, you can't, you know, can't ever be a Jedi. And some of you said, well, you can multi-class into a Jedi. That's not true, and that's absolutely correct. Um, so, as a caveat, yes, even a droid can multi-class into a Jedi. They, but they can never be force sensitive. Right. Now, the rules are still silent on the issue of whether you can get any Jedi talents. Personally, I would never allow it because I believe they have to have some type of innate connection to the Force. But, I don't know, Wizards does kind of disagree with me. We had someone email in saying, can you can you play a Jedi that is not Force-sensitive? Um, when I first told you about this, Dave, you were like, no, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but then you explained it to me and I had to, you know... Take yes, it back. The, the, yes, the official ruling from the de- from the devs on this is that yes, you can play a non force sensitive Jedi. However, you will have to start as a non Jedi. Your first class level must not be Jedi. Then you can multi class into it. And when you get your you pick your one bonus feat that you'd get, it would be you know lightsaber proficiency basically. And you you could never be you know, just don't pick non force sensitive. Um, right. And this is actually, and in, in in their examples and some of the responses the devs have made on the official forums at Wizards of the Coast, uh, you know, at, at Gleamax, the devs actually gave the concept, you know, that this is an ideal thing to do for uh, things like Darth Vader's training droids or an alternate uh, General Grievous because he is actually fleshed out in the core rulebook, but he has no levels in Jedi. One so. of my favorite things out of Episode Three, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. Great line. That was awesome. <laughs> Speaking of great lines and not so great lines, did you see? Uh, we're done with mailbag, by the way. Um, did you see Knight Rider last night? On that was such no. a disappointment. What did you expect? Well, I, I guess I don't know. It was a Cobra for Christ's sake. I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, I love. I used to have a Cobra back in the day before I got married, and you know. Anyway, but I, oh, the only redeeming factor was that chick. Oh, she was hot. Well, I didn't see it. I wouldn't know. All right, fine. <laughs> Night Rider. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, was I was watching. I was watching something the other day. It's like a oh, time to turbo boost, kid. I'm sorry, Michael. I've already turbo boosted once this episode. That's right. <laughs> yes. I only have one use per day. Only have one use per episode, Michael. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh. But speaking of cool vehicles and gadgets. Um, we were going to start a new segment uh, with this show um, that we are going to bring back. Maybe not weekly, but maybe, I don't know, Dave, what, every other week, every third week or so? Oh, we'll we're, bring it up whenever we have the opportunity. Uh, whenever we have the opportunity. Where we really want to focus on some of the equipment that is available in uh, in the core rulebook. And a lot of you guys have had certain questions about some of the equipment and gear you can get. And so we've turned to an expert to help us out with this. Hey! 
is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. Uh, we got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. Uh, what do you know? Uh... <laughs> I love the Sanford and Son. Oh, man. Uh, that's a awful. Of, a lot of. Well, thank you, Otto. We 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 talked to Otto this week. We got a chance to talk to him and about a, a wonderful buy that he's got at his store that you can purchase uh, right out of the uh, core rulebook, which is the ubiquitous jetpack. Yes, the the bane of uh, unprepared Jedi's in the rain on Camino, um, and uh, a. Uh, a, a, a interesting choice for for your player. Well, Dave, what what can you tell? Give us a basic overview of the jetpack. The jetpack, only three hundred credits, gives you the ability to fly, which you know pretty much in in a nutshell is is why you would want this. But um, getting a little bit into the weeds, it's a it, for a swift action you can fly six yeah, it's squares. Activated, yeah. yeah, you have you activate it. It's uh you can fly up six squares. Um, it's got 10 charges, but you can, what, run it continuously so you don't have to, like, spend a swift action to, uh, Each round to fly it every yeah. single time. You do need to make uh, a DC, uh, what, a DC 20 check if you're going to move more than uh, 12 squares. And land in the same time. And turn, land, yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nifty little thing. I've got a fundamental problem with it, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Oh yeah, but in ter- terms of the in terms of the pros, it's really freaking cool. It's a jetpack. You can fly, uh, and and it, it's only three hundred credits. That's measly. It's nothing. It's three hundred credits. It's a bargain. I mean, that that's half the cost of a blaster, a heavy blaster pistol. It's it, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's it's a it's a bargain, as Wada would say. Well, Dave, what what is the big problem you have with the jetpack? Well, okay, it's. What does it weigh? 30 kilograms, according to our supplement. Yes, um, 30 kilos. And for those of you who don't speak metric, that is roughly 66 pounds. I don't speak metric. I had to convert it. But uh, I just, I'm, I'm wearing one of those things on your back. I just, I don't care about encumbrance or whatever. I'm thinking that your dex needs to suffer for wearing one of those things. But, you know, I know you're of the opinion it's just a backpack, and a backpack is a backpack. Well, but no, but it's a, that's the thing. You're right. It's a heavy backpack. I don't think, dude, wearing it, you should suffer a penalty. But the thing is, it is highly likely to encumber you. And if you're encumbered, you're going to get the penalty for being encumbered. And, and that kind of is it. Because, I mean, when you get right down to it, Dave, at, at 30 kilos, I mean, you would need to have a strength of of 12 just to carry this thing without being encumbered. And considering strength is often the dump stat for most characters, um, not for mine. Then, I mean, well, yeah, not yours, Mister Melee. But <laughs> you know, when when you consider uh, when you consider that you know, for many characters, strength is a dump stat. It's really, gosh, it, it's 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 very very heavy and it's very bulky. I mean, replacement fuel cells cost a hundred credits if you wanna if you wanna throw them in there too. And so, I mean, carrying those things around, you know, for I mean, to get more than ten charges out of it, right. um, can can be a bit much. And I mean, I, lastly, I guess you know, it is a freaking jetpack. If you strap one on, I mean, from a role-playing perspective, are whoa, you really going to be able to? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Different I mean, terminology, please. I'm sorry. Different terminology. Let's not talk about strapping them on. Oh, thank you. Yes. You know, Dave, I love that I can make a, a fun analogy and you turn it into the into something horribly grotesque. Of course. I love it. That's yeah. why I'm your friend, man. That's why I, I, mean. I love it. I love it. 
But yeah, I mean, seriously, can you walk around with one of these things? I mean, seriously, any more than you could like a heavy repeating blaster in certain role playing settings? I mean, it's not very conducive to that. No. And even the ability to to fly like this, sure, it's neat. But if you have access to the Force and you're a Jedi, Surge kind of blows it out of the water. Um, you know, a plus thirty to your jump check. You know, right. straight up with no running start, um, with a relatively easy DC, kind of you know takes the wind out of the jetpack sail. Right, but. Anyway, it's a pretty neat item. Check it out at 300 credits. I think it's a bargain. And if you're able to handle it and carry it with, uh, you know, without being encumbered, it certainly is a, a, a good buy. So thank you, Watto, for, uh, for offering uh, wonderful discounts on the jetpack. You betcha. All right, let's talk about the Scout. What do you say? Let's move into the Scout. Uh, we've gotten a couple, um, a couple posts about this. Many people, uh, have, the Scout is their favorite class. Um, they actually, in this edition, they seem to have, have combined a couple classes. I mean, in, in the previous, um, edition, the revised core, the revised edition, um, that was, that was published, the old D20 edition, they seem to have combined the scout that was in that book as well as the fringer that was in that book right. and sort of combine them into one. And I guess I'm kind of glad the fringer never really made sense to me. Um, but the, for, for me, the, the scout is, is kind of this, this skillful fighter it's it's just this this kind of jack of all trades kind of character it's very hard to pin a specific role on a scout well, what is a scout to you dave uh i think you put the nail on the head it's um it I, I would liken it to my shaman in when i play warcraft it's a very skilled at several but a master of none as far as yeah. skills you know and yeah, uh, just a good all-around character. You can really beat somebody down, or you can attack from distance, and uh, it it is a fun thing to play with the survivability and uh, the fact that that's a that's a huge you know, thing about them. yeah the, yeah it is it is an it's a neat little class you know to play, say Chewbacca or some rendition thereof. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's the and you I think you hit the nail on the head there too. Survivability. When I think of a scout, I think of a rough and tumble survivor. In fact, one of the talent trees in this other scout is even called the survivor talent tree. But it seems that everything they have access to is about making them tougher, stronger, and to be this real just individualistic survivor. So we're going to talk about how to maximize that role. Um, and this, of course, this class can fill so many roles. Um, and uh, let's let's start by talking about abilities, Dave. When you're rolling up your stats, or when you're when you're allocating your point by, what stats do you want to pad? In 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 my opinion, because this is such a skillful character, I mean, you you are second only to the noble in your skill points. I think intelligence is probably one of the better stats you can pad, just because it's going to increase the number of trained skills you can get since you have access to so many as it is. I would tend to disagree on the number one. I, I am more of a dex fighter, uh, but I, you know, granted I prefer ranged attacks sometimes when I play squishies and uh, with the evasion. And I, I just, I, I view a scout as a limber, you know, get your butt up a tree if you need to, you know. Mobility kinda, aspect, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? I can see that. I can see that completely, yeah. But well, by the I mean, same and, token, and that, so I mean that kind of goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, but by the same token, uh, constitutions also. So I mean, if we want to agree to disagree, and Dex and intelligence kind of be our co number one, I think constitution would have to be up there as well. Yeah, that would definitely be definitely be my you know if not number two, then number three stat uh, behind Dex in it. Uh, I mean, just because it, as you say, you're, you're kind of a pseudo squishy. You're you're weird. You're, you, this is a class that's kind of in the middle. You're the only class that has a D8 hit point hit die. Everyone else has a D6 or a D10. You know, you're not as as 
rough and tumble as a soldier or a Jedi, but you're not you're not truly squishy either. Like a noble. Like a noble. And so a good con score can can kind of put you up into the range of the of the soldier or the Jedi in terms of being able to do just pure hit points. Your fortitude defense will increase as well. Um, and it is worth noting that you need to have a con of at least 13 in order to qualify for Shake It Off, which is, of course, one of the starting feats a scout gets. And again, lends itself to that whole survivability aspect that right. they seem to get. Yeah. Um, would you say there's a dump stat for a, uh, a scout, Dave? Uh, charisma. I mean, what do you need it for? Yeah. That's true. Um, it is worth noting that uh, there's not a single uh, skill that is on your on your on your list that uses charisma in any form or fashion, which makes it virtually useless to you. Um, Eight. So, yeah, it's pretty much a, a horrible horrible dumb step. Uh, in terms of of the better talents. Um, uh, that you can choose from, Dave. I mean, there's so many different roles uh, they they can choose from. Uh, I, I kind of liken it. I think there's kind of three routes a scout can take um, in terms of, of what kind of role they play. I really like the concept of a tracker. Um, you know, there's this person who's, you know, like kind of like a, like a bounty hunter. And it is worth noting here that you do need to have levels in scout in order to enter the bounty hunter prestige class. Um, but what what kind of talents would you recommend for, for sort of a tracker or a hunter-style build, Dave? Oh, uh, we just go, I mean, turn, every boys and girls, turn to your uh, books on page 49, and you will find the awareness talent tree. And... Uh, where we have, what, acute senses, and, oh, I need to digress for a second. Did you talk okay. about the email we got about stacking uh, a Zabrak yeah, scout? Yeah, we, we were, we were going to come to this in this discussion because it really will lend itself to the scout, but we did get one other, I did get one other PM um, talking specifically about um, a, a character had a Zabrak scout. And I like Zabraks. One of the things I really like about them is the fact that they get this racial ability to reroll perception checks. Um, but they have to take the worst result, of course. It is identical to the scout talent that is in the awareness talent tree called Acute Senses. And this situation has come up a couple times with various different things. And this PM with this fellow asked us, he said basically, okay, listen, I have this Zabrak scout. And he's taken, you know, I'm thinking about taking acute senses, you know, where I can reward perception check. How does that work with my racial abilities? Do they cancel each other out? Do they stack? How does that go? Well, according to Wizards of the Coast and the developers' official rulings, they actually stack. Anytime you have a situation where a racial and a, a talent will, will, will both do the same thing, they actually stack. So if you were a Zabrak scout with, your, your of course, your racial ability to reroll perception checks, and the uh, scout talent acute senses, you could actually roll your perception check three times. You would have to take that third roll, because you have to take it, you know, whether it's better or worse. But you could roll once. If you don't like it, you can roll again. If you don't like it, you could roll a third time, and you have to take that. But that's just amazing. So I really think I'm going <laughs> to roll up a Zabrak scout. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. and uh, I, I actually talked to, uh, to Dirk after our interview uh, mm-hmm. Last week, and and uh, they, he was ta- also talking about you know what he asked me what would you do with a fellow that had a Zabrak scout and asked if he could get this talent for free and I was like yeah I wouldn't have a problem with it because it's exactly the same thing, but Wizards actually has an opinion that if you have a Zabrak scout and you want to take a talent that uh, has a prerequisite of 
Right, which is half the talents in the awareness tree have acute senses as a prerequisite. Right. So, you know, you're but, but, so you're saying that before you would say that, okay, well, you're a Zabrak with that ability. That racial ability would, you know, substitute that would let you qualify is what you're saying? Right. And, and oh, okay. that would be a talent that I would give them for free. Well, now, you know, now that if they're going to stack and Wizards comes out and says, no, you have to have it to get the prerequisite now. So, Dirk, sorry, I'm going to reverse my position and say, you know, given this information... Yeah, I would have the player go ahead and take this talent, and he'd be able to roll three times. But you know, yeah. it's 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 kind of the rules uh, as written. Yeah, and and and, and as as the devs come out with it too. I mean, that's how and that's how they design it. And uh, so, hey, that answers that question. But I, I really like the awareness talent tree just in general for that tracker build. I mean, I think uh, you know stuff like keen shot. You know, where you can just ignore concealment um, when you know when making an attack roll. Improved initiative. You know, is not you know your classic you know plus to a roll. It allows you to re-roll your initiative check, which is freaking awesome. And of course, uncanny dodge is in this. And you know, not losing your dex bonus to uh, to reflex defense is. Well, it's pretty amazing. Um, it protects you from a lot of um, the nastier scoundrel talents as well. So, pretty cool. Um, the, the next, like, I guess, build I kind of lean towards that I think uh, when I think of a scout is what, what I kind of call the infiltrator. Um, you know, you, you are a bit more martially oriented character, you know, compared to, you know, a noble or a, a scoundrel in terms of, you know, you're, you're tough and you're hardy. And if you're going that kind of bounty hunter aspect, you know, you could be involved in, you know, sneaking and, and, and you know, hunting and, and sort of, you know, infiltrating an area and, you know, moving around silently. And, of course, you do have stealth as a class skill. And I noticed that they have the, actually the scouts have the camouflage talent tree, Dave. I mean, do you like this talent tree? Do you think it's useful at all? I don't play scouts all that much, but if I did and I was going for the whole stealthy kind of, um, yes, I would. I, I like the improved stealth. Um well, yeah, I mean, anytime you're re-rolling the self-check, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's pretty good. Now, I had a, um, uh, when, when uh, I recently, I recently GM'd a, a, an Ewok scout um, that went with a camo tree, and he had hidden movement. And what sucked is that he would he stealth every time he moved, but you, you're limited to half speed. And he's at four squares anyway, so he was two square movement. And so he loved hidden movement because it meant he could, you know, do his stealth gig, but at the same time not be limited to two squares of movement. So right. he really enjoyed that. Right, and then, so. you know, both of those open up total concealment, which we talked about last week. And yes, pretty handy-dandy little talent there. That is a very handy dandy talent. That's pretty good. Um, and then, of course, the I guess the other role is, of course, this generic survivor role. And we're going to talk about it because everyone does. Arguably, and maybe you'll disagree with me, Dave, the best talent for the scout, period, and for many <laughs> classes, actually, is going to be evasion from the survivor talent tree. Um, area attacks tend to be just so disgustingly overpowering yep. um, that, I mean, in terms of, of, you know, oh, God, and if you can find a way to just cut that damage in half or not take it, I mean, that's just, that's incredible. Um, so I, I really, you know, I mean, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not. I, I think I think evasion is just an amazing talent, probably one of the first you want to pick up, especially if you're going to be in a, a blaster-heavy or grenade-heavy campaign. I do. I, I like the evasion. I think it's really, really handy. I uh, If I had a force-sensitive uh, scout, I would really enjoy the fringe savant, but um, the, you know where you get an extra force point if you happen to roll a, a, a natural twenty. But um, on any skill check, right? Man, that's really cool, right? But I mean, from an overall use perspective, 
evasion, yeah, it it it's got to be hands down your number one. Yeah, I I I really I really do like it. Um, it's fantastic. I think the the fringer talent tree in general is pretty good for the survivor aspect, but it's again a scout fills so many roles and their talents just are across the board. Okay, this will help you hide really well. This will help you you know survive. You know that means the fringer talent tree is just like that with stuff like barter. Um, a, mo- a moment on barter. It's really actually a very cool talent with the single problem though that. You don't have persuasion as a class skill for a scout. Right. Barter lets you re-roll persuasion checks made to haggle, um, which this may actually be very benef- very beneficial since you can't train in it. You can re-roll in it, uh, but you know uh, that's that's kind of kind of useful, um, or, or not useful depending on how you how you want to how you view it. Right. Um, and lastly, I want to mention the jury rigger talent, which is which is also in that same talent tree. M- Scouts do have mechanics. As a class skill. So a scout can make a ready-made mechanic in a pinch because he can train it. And Jury Rigger, you know, no one else has access to this. Where you can re-roll mechanics checks when you're trying to Jury Rig something um, is just incredibly useful. It allows you to pull those Chewbacca-style, you know, fixing the hyperdrive in a pinch while being shot at moments. So, right, pretty cool. I like that. Yep. Well, let's move on to skills, Dave. What do you think is some of the best skills uh, that a, a scout should train in, should they have the choice? Well, okay. This begins and ends with the single skill that is exclusive to the scout, which would be survival. Yeah. Yeah. No other class has access to survival as a class skill and to train in it. And um, that's that's awesome. And yes. having said that, man, I think it's kind of situational. Um, in my opinion... Before you do this, talk to your GM. If you guys are never, ever gonna be out. going to leave a bulkhead right. or or a ship or you know a space station, if you're not going to have encounters in nature, that's kind of useless. Very much so. Very much so. But if you know, hopefully your GM is going to be running games properly, where you're going to have you know encounters on planet. And man, I mean, you're the only one who has access to it. You can do some really cool stuff with it. You know, you can track with it. You can do. You know, all kinds of stuff you can get by on a hostile planet, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I agree with you, Dave. You're the only, cl- you're the only class to get it. Do it. It's part of your build. That's right. Um, I, what would you say would be, uh, aside from that, would be uh, an excellent skill to train in? I also enjoy endurance and mechanics if you're going to go that route. This, this, this class is such an RPG dream because, boy, you can do anything. You, you really you really can you can you can do just about anything with it I agree with you on endurance um, well first of all you got to be you know obviously obviously trained in endurance in order to get shake it off and a lot of people gripe about this because this is one of the few starting feats that has a lot of prerequisites you got to attain for it um, you know even even uh, pretty much the only one aside from the linguist uh, which has of course an intelligence prerequisite but to get shake it off you need to have your your you know your your constitution prerequisite, and you also have to have be, have to be trained in endurance. So, you know, hey, train in endurance just because you need to. Otherwise, you're going to be wasting a starting feat. And that's a good and that's a good feat. And uh, what what does your con have to be? Thirteen or something? Yes, thirteen con, and you got to be trained in endurance to get shake it off. And I think it's a good feat too. It really it really maximizes your survivability. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've been in situations when I've gamed as a player. Where I will, you know, especially if you get knocked unconscious and you're, you know, you're coming up and you're at that negative ten. Oh yeah. 
I mean, gosh, it, it's just such a pain. You want to get up there as quickly as you can. I mean, negative five sucks, but it's a lot better than negative ten. And if you can do that with two swift actions and still move, I mean, it it's really, really useful. There hasn't so. been a session that we've had that I haven't gone down the condition track at least once or twice or multiple times. And I would really like to have Shake It Off. Yeah, it, it, it just makes things a lot easier. You'd just really be surprised. Because basically you're sacrificing what amounts to, if you want to move up the condition track in a single round, you're sacrificing the entire round. And you know, not having to do that can really save your, save your skin. And that's the whole point of the feat. So, and right. the point of the scout class is to play a character that is adept at saving his skin. And that's really kind of what it comes down to. Yep. Um, likewise, for, for final skills to train in, I would recommend Perception. Um, again, because you can, <laughs> right. and uh, because you know a lot of your talents can relate to rerolling that if you need be, um, and stealth. You know, hey, you're you're one of the few classes that can train in stealth. Train in it. It's nice to be able to hide when you need to. Yep, pretty good. Well, Dave, uh, following this vein of of the you know survivor, uh, you know, and, and this sort of jack of all trades survivor character, what feats would you recommend for the scout? Improve damage threshold would be yeah. one. Extra second wind. Yeah, I definitely. I love that one. Um, I, I like those both. I, I'm, I'm sorry. If I'm, if I'm making a soldier or a scout, I mean, if I have, I mean, seriously, I will pick those up so quickly. Improved, improved damage threshold. You know, IDT is worth its weight in in credits. Right. <laughs> uh, in terms of, of, of what it gives you. I mean, gosh, you, I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, I mean, just you, you have to take a lot of damage, and it stacks. You can take it multiple times. You right. know, I mean, you you theoretically can just take it and take it and take it, and you know, never move down the condition track. It would take for right. anything, and then of course, extra second wind is awesome. You know, oh, if you're yeah. going to be fighting facing multiple encounters in a day, right? Which is um, which is excellent. Dodge is one of those little basic ones that I used to take all the time. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you know what? And considering this class is all about survivability, I, I think I think it helps, but. I like it not so much for the plus one uh, to your reflex defense, but because it's a prereq for mobility, which right. you can get later. And, you know, when you're getting in and out of sticky situations, attack of opportunities can be a killer. And if you can help avoid them with mobility, I like that. I also like, and they have this in, in the core rule book, they have improve, defeat improved defenses, uh, which, of course, Zabrak also get uh, for free as kind of a racial ability. Um, but, you know, you just a plus one to all of your defenses just by taking it. Bam. Right. Uh, I think that's also a fantastic feat that, that fits in the same vein. Stack them, baby. Stack them. And then lastly, obviously, if you're going to be, like Dave said, you know, when you, when you place your, your scouts, you like the range fighting capability, you yeah. know, hey, invest in weapon feats. Point blank shot, precise shot. If you're going to be shooting into melee, you, you know, hey, you, you have a suboptimal base attack bonus. You know, you're not looking at the at the fighter Jedi base attack bonus. So why take a minus four to your attack, you know? You know when when you can you can take the feats and and not uh, weapon focus another fantastic one that'll help negate some of that stuff. So yeah. right and face it, you're not going to be a meat wall. No, you are not. But the point is when you and that's what that's what's kind of iconic about this class is you're not a meat wall. Uh, but all your abilities ha- keep you from getting hit in the first place, or if you do get hit, help you recover amazingly fast. And that's really why I like the scout. Um, some of the roughest, tumblest, most useful characters I've ever played that have not been Jedi have been either scouts or scout soldiers. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's fantastic. I love this class. I know a lot of people out there love this class. It seems just to, to sort of grasp that iconic, you know, fringer, colonist, you know, space hound kind of, you know, galactic 
scum of of you know the, the chaff of the galaxy basically and i i like it yeah, there's a lot like dave said there's a lot of role-playing potential here a lot of great rp potential and i, I think it's a fantastic class yeah and especially if you go up that up in levels and then wind up going to bounty hunter bounty hunter's fun bounty hunter is an amazing prestige class oh, yeah. it is it is absolutely amazing um, and on that note, um, as we finish up our discussion on the scout, we pretty much have only one more class to talk about, which is going to be the soldier. And then we're going to, I know Dave and I, you talked about we were going to devote a few episodes to a bunch of more user concerns and stuff like that. We were going to go into an episode on the force, but uh, we had a request as well to start talking about some of the prestige classes. And there's quite a few outlined in the core rule book, and uh, we'd like to do that. So uh, an open call right now, if you guys want, uh, head out to the forums, get out there at uh, www.d20radio.com, and let us know what prestige classes you'd like talked about, which prestige classes you have questions about, um, what you like, what you love, and get it out there. 100% agree. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, All right, that pretty much wraps it up for the scout. We can begin to turn our attention to, shall I say, dare I say I have a bad feeling about this. TK421, are you at your post? Hey, man. I'm here, I'm here. How you hosers doing? Well, TK, buddy, how are you? We're doing okay this week. What are uh, you up to? That's good. Oh, nothing, man. I'm kind of bummed out. Why? What's going on? Well, I'm over here on Coruscant, man. You know, and I'm I'm on the Imperial detail, you know, for the Emperor this week. You know, and Papa seeing all these... You know, Papa Palpatine is right, man. I tell you, that's a hell of a fella right there. You know, that man can play cards. I tell you what, it's almost like he's reading our minds. I don't get it, but... Yeah. Oh. Well, man, people have been coming and going and seeing him all the time, man. I'm feeling kind of bummed out about it, man. Why? He keeps talking to them, man. He keeps telling them they have a destiny. He keeps saying, it is your destiny. And, uh, I don't know what the hell they're talking about, man. I ain't feel like I ain't got no destiny. Well, you know, he's he's talking to them in the in the greater scheme of uh, everyone having their their characters lined out, you know, uh, out in the future that you're going to have a certain track that your character is going to follow, and somewhere along the lines, you probably do too. You just don't know it. Well, you mean like like the dreams and the plans you got or something? Yeah, something like that. Like like owning my like 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 me owning my very own double wide yeah like you're earning your own very own double wide or triple wide yeah. even oh man i wish that was my destiny oh well all right you hosters listen i gotta go i gotta get back but uh it's good talking to y'all man and uh and uh yeah i'll be thinking about my double wide i'll tell you what yeah you redneck princess yeah <laughs> uh later hosers later on bye tk what a guy, huh? What a guy. What a guy. Redneck guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little I'm a little concerned just picturing that man living in a, a double wide somewhere on like Bespin. I wonder Bespin. if they have trailer parks in Star Wars. <laughs> uh Tatooine Tatooine is about my equivalent of trailer park. That thing is just Oh, that, that would work. Yeah, you got, I could see I could see trailer parks on Tatooine. Definitely, definitely. Tornadoes would start hitting. You know, tornadoes are attracted to trailer parks. That's right, man. Tornado magnets, they are. And we don't mean to offend anyone who lives in a trailer park, but... I do. Okay. (laughs) Fine. If you take offense, stop listening. Stop (laughs) listening now. Yes, please. Change the station.
but perhaps it's your destiny to live in a trailer park. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode, this, this episode's uh, D20 Docking Bay, uh, Destiny Points. And a lot of you guys have had some questions about Destiny. It honestly is one of the more obscure rules in the book. And I know my very first game, we even opted you know, not to use them. We've because it says, you know, them. you don't have to use Destiny if you don't want to. Never so. used them. Nave, you never used it, Dave. Yeah, um, I've been using it, and in particular, um, what really what really turned me on to Destiny was when I started playing in the RPGA's uh, Dawn of Defiance campaign. They have rules for Destiny, and they're kind of uh, laid out, and it, it's pretty interesting. And the idea goes to you know everything in in Saga Edition in, in SWSE has been about you know trying to bring all the elements of the cinematic vision into it, and it's clear that certain characters have destinies. And uh, there are some sort of uh, basic destinies that are outlined in the core rulebook. Now, the core rulebook destinies are start on page 113 of the core rulebook, and there's several destinies that you can you can choose to follow. Um, and just you know to, to go over them briefly: uh, corruption, destruction, discovery, education, redemption, and rescue. And they're pretty vague. It's kind of up to your GM and your discretion when you when you come up with it. I mean, you you can either choose a destiny or your GM can choose it. But either way, it is up to your GM in terms of what that destiny entails. Like you know, for example, it was um, redemption was Luke Skywalker's destiny. It was his destiny to redeem his father. And um, you know the uh, you know it was it was Lando Calrissian's destiny to destroy the uh, second Death Star. You know, of course, in in, uh, in episode six. So there's really two ways you can choose a destiny if you decide to play with it. Um, you can have a player chosen just destiny uh, based on what's going on in the campaign, where you can say, "Okay, I want my destiny to be rescue or education." And in the RPGA, that's exactly how it is. The player chooses a destiny for their character based on only three, and uh, the GM, you know, uh, has works that into the story. It's it's kind of there, basically. The second option, and honestly, Dave, I don't know, you tell me which, which you prefer here, is when the GM secretly chooses your destiny and does not tell you what it is. And as you undertake the game, there's a lot of role-playing aspect potential here. As you, you find out your destiny, you get a little bit closer to it. I, I would I, I like that if the GM would award destiny, like, immediately. Well, yeah. During the and game? It, it, yeah. And it, it's, it's one of those things that – and we're, we're talking about destiny because you get, kind of get there to understand destiny points. But every destiny has a, a bonus and a penalty. And you talk about it immediately. Now, this is, this is kind of how it works, okay? And this is what, what makes a lot of people kind of angry. If you, uh, if you do an action in-game that moves you closer towards your destiny, you gain a short-term destiny bonus. Uh, you and your party, actually. Um, it usually only lasts 24 hours. Like, for example, if, uh, if you have a rescue destiny and you get, you know, uh, do an action in game that gets you a little closer to fulfilling your destiny of, you know, rescuing, uh, Princess Leia, perhaps, you know, uh, then if you do a specific action that gets you closer to it, for 24 hours, you and all of your allies within 10 squares gain a plus two destiny bonus on all your damage rolls. You know, that's that's one example. But there's also destiny penalties, and this is where people get a little upset. If you do something, an action in-game, that moves you away from fulfilling your destiny, you get a destiny penalty, which means for 24 hours, like in the rescue case, you would take a minus two penalty on all attack rolls. You, not your allies, but you. And if you are not aware of your secretly chosen destiny, it can be a little frustrating 
in some of the games I've I've been in and witnessed when you're you're moving away from your destiny and you're not really realizing it. Right. So it really you, you see what I'm saying with that, Dave? Yes, I understand completely. And it it takes a really creative GM to not let you in on your destiny, but guide you in that direction. As such, Destiny is a a in-game construct that can be incredibly useful and incredibly valuable, but it requires, honestly, a GM who knows what the heck they're doing and can work it in such a way as to not piss off the player. So what does Destiny get you? Well, first of all, if you fulfill your Destiny, you get a permanent bonus to your character i mean permanent forever can never be taken away when you fulfill your destiny you know after after for instance after luke skywalker redeemed his father um the, the dark the, for instance the example the the the, the fulfilled destiny for that uh, the dark side score of the person he redeemed in this case his father is reduced to one so no matter how evil his father was his score was reduced to one and he lost all his remaining force points. Luke then gained the number of force points equal to three plus the number of force points the redeemed character lost. And that's a permanent benefit. Um, you know, it, the rescue permanent benefit. Two of your ability scores increased by one permanently. I mean, they're, they're really big things when you finally fulfill your destiny. And if you have a destiny, you get destiny points. And this is where it comes to. As a first level character with a destiny, you're going to start with one destiny point, and you will gain a single destiny point every time you level. Okay? Unlike force points, unspent destiny points don't go away. If you're a six level character and you've not spent any, you will have six destiny points. So, what do destiny points do for you? And this is really where the meat of the question comes in. They're kind of like force points, they can be spent. In the same way, except that spending one does not take an action. And if you spend one, they can do amazing fate game-altering things, more or less. You can spend the destiny point to automatically score a critical hit. No attack roll required. Period. Automatically. You can automatically cause an attack made against you to miss, even after the attack roll is resolved. So the DM hits you, declares damage, you can immediately spend the destiny point and not get hit. You can avoid death this way. Um, you can act out of turn by spending a destiny point, thus changing your position in the initiative order. Um, you can take damage that would otherwise harm another character within your reach. You can, and noted in some descriptions, there's some force powers that their effect is greatly increased if you spend the destiny point. Um, like move object, for example, if you spend the destiny point, you can move like, you know, colossal frigate-sized objects, you know, like space stations and whatnot. Um, and in addition, some force secrets allow destiny points to be spent to accomplish greater things. And in my opinion, one of the coolest things you can do with the destiny point is you can sacrifice it to immediately gain three force points. And those are not temporary force points, they are permanent force points. So you can spend the destiny point just like you can a force point but as a, you know, as, as a non-action to gain these benefits. And raw, bottom line, rules as written, there is no guideline to spending them. You do not have to spend them per the core rule book in pursuit of fulfilling your destiny. The benefits and penalties for your destiny only come into play by the actions you take, not how you spend these points. Now, in RPGA games, like the Dawn of Defiance campaign, that's not the case. You have to spend these points in pursuit of your destiny. And honestly, if I was a GM, my personal advice, if I'm jamming you with this, when a PC spends his 
destiny points to help his destiny, that would garner a benefit. And when he spends his points to in a way that does not benefit his destiny, that would garner a destiny penalty. I think personally, just by the actions you take, not following your destiny, um, you know, accruing penalties or benefits, especially if you're doing the secret. Uh, you know, justification where where the GM chooses. I don't know. It's a little too willy nilly for me. Yeah, me too. So I mean, that's it in a nutshell. There's no real uh, difficulty here. But the meat of the question we got about it was basically, okay, what are they? How can you use them? When can you use them? And that's kind of what it comes down to. So that's what they do. So hopefully that helps you understand what your destiny is. I mean, and again, take a look, you know, at page 113. You know, it goes on for a couple of pages. Look at destiny. See how it's revolved. But raw, you can spend these points whenever you want, however you want, to accomplish whatever you want, whether in relation to your destiny or no. But you want my personal advice? Make it relate to your destiny. It just makes a lot more sense. So, you want my personal advice? Don't choose I don't know. A, I'm scared. Don't choose a destiny and put your XP in the destiny spot because there's no freaking place for XP on your dang form. <laughs> you have a very good point. There is no spot for XP. Note on, to wizards. Yeah, note to wizards on the, uh, official, uh, on the official character sheet. And there are a lot of good character sheets out there that you can get. Um, I would like to, at this point also, uh, for those of you who don't use it, and I know a lot of dedicated gamers do, um, Hero Forge, uh, if you guys go to www.heroforge.net, um, is a fantastic user-generated site where they produce Excel spreadsheets uh, in, in the form of character sheets, and you can uh, fill out what you want and even print it out. And they just came out with one several months ago for SWSE. By so, golly. Uh, yeah, by golly, and their character sheet does have a place for XP. And if you're on the net, you might want to take a look at some of our affiliates, some guys who are some amazingly dedicated uh, gamers and SWSC fanatics who keep things going. Uh, Keith Garrett, our buddy over at uh, LetTheWookieWin.com. And, of course, Matt Lee and his crew of user-generated fanboys with all kinds of amazing content um, over there at HTTP colon forward slash forward slash saga dash edition dot com. Yep. Yep, Rudy. I think that's going to about do it. I think that's going to about do it, too. Again, please, guys, get out there on the forums. Let us know what you want covered. Uh, again, www.d20radio.com slash forum. You could email myself or GM Dave uh, or me, GM Chris, at d20radio.com. And give us a call, 206-600-5872. That's right, because, after all, we do love praise. Hey, love the show. Woo! And we'll play you on the air. Yes, we will. <laughs> So, yeah, give us a call. Give us a call. Send us an email. And turn in any bumpers that you might like to hear played on the air. And, you know, we have a couple here and there. A couple here and there, yes. Keep those those dice rolling, Gamer Nation. We will talk to you next week. Yeah, keep eating rice, Gamer Nation. This is Django Fett, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. 
This is Anakin Skywalker, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, mostly because my mommy won't let me. <laughs> she says we need to save credits for acting lessons. I'll never be a Jedi.